Hello and welcome everyone for a special episode of the Culture Nerd Podcast. And I say special because we're doing it a day early. We had a little bit of a scheduling uh, change up this week. Uh, so TCN Rundown is going to be doing their show tomorrow. And I took their spot for today just to kind of give them a wide berth and let them have a some fun doing their own show. So today we're going to be talking about pretty much all the DC content that um, clearly happened over the last week or so. Uh, apparently a lot of you weren't uh, super receptive to our Lord of the Rings break, um, given that it's probably got the lowest numbers on the channel, but apparently DC stuff is what you guys want. So we're going to talk about all the stuff that just happened. Uh, there was some big news. There was some more James Gunn stuff. There was Ben Affleck passing on the DCU and a bunch of news about the Snyder Con from last night. So let's talk about all this, what it could mean, and, you know, we'll have a little fun with it because there's plenty to talk about and we'll definitely answer some questions as we're live. So here we go. Taylor, let's tank those numbers because I'm ready to talk Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, uh, so most of our shows typically average anywhere between 500 and like a thousand ish uh, per just viewing. And then our Lord of the Rings show got le- like 200. Uh, apparently, Listen, I'm not apparently here. My passion, no one cares about. <laughs> so. No one cares about your college credits. Listen, I'm glad that we have. Uh, I'm glad that people want to know what is going on with DC. We're always excited. You are always excited by that news. So today is going to be par for the course. That being said, the umbrella of nerddom is way bigger than this. And looking at the rest of this year, there's a lot more stuff I want to talk about uh, than just this little sliver. Oh, 100%. Um, I want people to be fully aware that not only are we going to be talking about the D&D movie, because you and I both play D&D, and that looks really fun. Can't wait for it. Um, we're also going to be talking. I'm going to be talking a lot about the Ghostbusters movie, uh, a lot about the Transformers movie because the Beast Wars were my childhood and I loved it. Um, we just uh, for uh, for another project I'm doing. We watched uh, the Animorphs show from the '90s. I I kind of loved that show. In episode one, they're at a uh, arcade playing a mission control game, but it's just Optimus Primal. It's just the PlayStation 1 Transformers Beast Wars game. Yeah, I remember that. I remember those weird product, like those weird game placements that we had in the early 90s, early 2000s. Like I remember in um, that one, uh, Charlie's Angels that we saw. um, And there's that one scene where like, I think it was Drew Barrymore's character was like naked, like topless or something like trying to knock on the door to get the kids to let her in and two uh, kids were sitting in the front of the tv each with controllers playing final fantasy 8 and i'm like that's a single player game <laughs> taylor not only are they playing final fantasy 8 they are also using an end like they're using the wrong controller it was such a weird weird placement of gaming taylor and I am friends with that little nerd boy. He has grown <laughs> up. He works for the completionist. He's a very dear friend of mine. I will bring him around so we can ask him all the questions. That's Mind awesome. you, though, Charlie's Angels, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on this, Taylor. Charlie's Angels also had a special place in Taylor and mine life because you had to use the Charlie Angels DVD to unlock a special monster in Monster Rancher. That's right. And we had that. That one, because um, one of our neighbors, we got on that one kick for like six months of like, we need to get every monster from Monsters, Monster Rancher. And we like, we would go to Blockbuster and rent movies specifically so we could unlock, unlock those things. I totally forgot about that weird phase in our lives. I just, <laughs> uh, we were talking about Charlie's Angels and we were talking about Monster Rancher and that totally popped up. But let's get to the topic at hand because I love that we asked the universe to tell us what is Ben Affleck going to do and... Ben Affleck has responded. Yes, he has. So in a uh, not so... So this this situation, I think, is kind of a weird situation. I totally tuned out from Twitter and Instagram. So how did this happen? So Ben had an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. And if you read the interview in its full entirety, the interview is clearly a spoken interview that was um, transcribed. 
And understanding that it was spoken also changes some of the context of how the questions were answered. Um, it, when you're typically just doing a back and forth, uh, like a text uh, interview, you have more composure, you have more time to respond. When it's an interview in person, if you have frustrations, they obviously don't come across in text. And you, if you have frustrations of the questions being asked in a certain order, eventually those frustrations do start to boil up. And that's just the reality of doing interviews. So because tone and context is never truly conveyed in just written word, um, I, I took that in consideration when I read the interview. And so as the interview went on, he talks about uh, a lot of things. He talked about his time on Justice League and how it like just it was a terrible thing. He hated doing it. He said that it was basically taking him away from his family. It drove him to alcoholism, all these terrible things. He talked about how great. Sounds, a, sounds a lot like Tony Stark. Sounds a yeah. lot like Tony Stark. He talked about how uh, Zack Snyder called him up in a, the same movie was the lowest point of his career and also the highest rated IMDb rating of his career. And he talked about how only Zach could have pulled that off. And he praised Zach and said it was wonderful. Um, and then as they were talking about his, basically, I'm, I'm, he said, basically, creatively, I can't go anywhere with the superhero universe, essentially, because he talked about um, kind of being a part of the dig machine and how when you're brought in, you're kind of just shoehorned in to fill a certain role and, and so on. And it basically, he talks about what he wanted to do with his art movies and, and air and all these things. And then the guy asks him, so you're not directing anything for James Gunn? And he says, absolutely not. No, I'm not. And then he goes on to say, uh, I, James is a wonderful guy, nothing against him. I'm sure he's going to knock it out of the park with the DCU, but it's just not my thing. And he basically said that it, what he would want to do wouldn't fit into a shared universe and so on. Um, but people took that answer out of context and basically oh, said, shitting on James Gunn. He's, he's doing this, he's doing that. And the truth is we know that James and him spoke in like December, January. And then James announced, and, and James said on Twitter, hey, he's a good guy. He might have a spot for us directing. Hopefully he does, so on and so forth. The announcement comes out. Everyone and their mom speculates that Ben's going to be a part of this. And it's kind of almost exactly what happened to him post-Justice League. Because the moment Justice League was coming out, everyone and their mom knew he was directing the Batman. But the reality is the Batman, he was out the door of that production while they were doing Justice League, he basically basically was like, "I'm done. This is this is not the thing I want to do. I don't like this anymore." And he kind of just like killed the project in early pre-production. So basically, something you said I want to go back to. Yeah, and it and it, there's a there's a couple there's a couple takeaways from hearing it like this. Um, him saying he doesn't want to direct leaves the door open for me for a world of speculation of like, guess what? Snyder's Batman is still a possibility. Now, well, no. So what do you, the exact quote was, I would not direct anything for guns. DCU DC. Right. Absolutely not. I have nothing against James Gunn. Nice guy. He's going to do a great job. I just wouldn't want to go in and direct in the way they're doing that. I'm not interested in that. And the context behind that is that James is quite literally making the DCU more interconnected than even Marvel did with the MCU. Yeah, and it, it also is a huge. Yeah, and it, and it also sounds like what they're going to do is unlike where Marvel has tent poles, but like with CGI constraints, a lot of the movie is already given to a director. I wonder if they're going to give like, hey, here's your two tent poles you have to hit, and you can you can do whatever you want to in this middle section. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I, I see it, oh. too. The other thing that you said literally feels like the summation of all of the Zack Snyder stuff. Ben Affleck was in the number one and the number zero rated thing for the exact same thing. You know what I mean? And just the cut and time and attention is what changed that. I'm sure that even at this late point in his career, he probably doesn't take criticism well. You know, criticism is like reading the comments, but they read them out mm -hmm. loud to your face. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm so happy that that movie now lives in a great place, but I'm sure he emotionally doesn't want to take on these movies anymore. Yeah. And this comment came up, Ben knows the DCU is not going to be as serious as Affleck wishes. And I, I don't believe that at all, actually. I think the DCU is going to be just as serious as what he wants, but creatively, 
you don't get a lot of creative control when you're working as a cog in the big machine. Right. Everybody understands that, right? Like none of these Marvel movies are the movie that they would make. They hire a director. They tell them this is some of the things that we're thinking of because when, um, the last Doctor Strange movie, we found out that Sam Raimi was brought in one year and he scraped that script and they were able to add things he wanted in. But he was still told, this is where you need to get to. And that's yep, where and he these got are all the bullet points you have to hit. You have to have this stuff. You have to have this stuff. Our, our VFX team is going to do this. And his contribution was all the very Raimi feeling vibe of that movie. But everything I, else, the bullet points... Right. Uh, I mean, Taylor Feige talks about how he's got the whole MCU on post-it notes planned out and all the bullet points. And he says, here are the bullet points. Hit the points. You can do the rest you want. How much, how much room do you think? I mean, there's what? 10% San Raimiisms? Five? I mean, 15%? I mean, it's not a big number. It's really not. But I also think that the fact that um, he was able to do what he wanted to do with them. And made the movie feel like a Sam Raimi movie is is a tribute to like Marvel giving you like, hey, here's 60% of the movie done. The 40% is you. And he was able to make that 40% feel like a Sam Raimi movie. And which... some people, some people can do that. And some people can't yeah. do that. And it comes across in these movies, you know, a movie that has a lot of great stuff in it, but is executed weird was the last Black, Black Panther movie, which is also the like... last Thor movie. Right, where, you where have, they were like, have, here's a list of things you have to have. Yeah, and then he like made a joke of that list, and it was really hard to watch. I'm like, okay, so they wanted to explain how she has the hammer, they want to do this, they want to do this, and he turned like all of the bullet points into just kind of ridiculousness, and I'm like, it was really hard. Um, okay, so the fact that Ben Affleck will show back up in these movies as cameos is amazing to me and speaks to James Gunn doing a good job with their relationship. Possibly. Possibly. Okay. But he's not going to know. We don't know what the truth is. We, what we do know is that chapter one, gods and monsters, probably around 25 projects total varying between games, animated, uh, live action TV shows, etc. It's going to be a big, a big phase, probably three to four years worth. Um, his 10-year contract is essentially two chapters. And then we know from Dwayne Johnson's announcement of I'm done with Black Adam for now, he basically said future chapters I can return, which implies future chapters will be multiverse-oriented. So there's a chance that later on the line, maybe five years from now, we could see Ben again in some sort of a cameo role. But, there's a whole lot of stuff. But understand that, everybody. A cameo role. Because... When he talks about these movies ruining his life and ruining his family, he means being on a set somewhere for a year and only being able to shoot between 8.30 at night and 5 in the morning. And if he, it sounds like he would like this marriage to succeed and maybe he wants to stay in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Maybe he wants to stay close to where he can have those relationships. Yeah, and what we also, it was kind of an interesting thing because in the same article he talked about how uh, he finally nailed uh, the role of Batman in The Flash. But he also said that it was because it was literally a five-minute role. And he, and obviously, the his scenes are more than five minutes. Right. But at the same time, maybe they're not. Right? I mean, because reality, we know that he plays, he has a whole conversation, like a five or so minute conversation with Barry as Bruce Wayne which could be that scene. And literally every other appearance could have just been CGI with him doing uh, ADR over it. To me, when he says, I don't want to direct, I think that all of this stuff is open there. And you're right. I don't think we see him for a while, but I also think that he's keeping his dance card open for something like this. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially if he doesn't have to do the workout routines. And if it's just going to be a, an ADR voice like Iron Man, then I think he stays around. Uh, was there we, any other takeaways from this article? Forget. We also can't forget that Ben is 50. Yeah, He probably doesn't want to have the, the workout regime of a 35-year-old anymore. I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, I'm tired. <laughs> Let yeah. me have my moment. Uh in, in in that regard, I want to give a huge shout out to Hugh Jackman. Thank 
thank you so much for doing the Wolverine routine one more time. Because he's ta- he talks about how he hates it. It's really hard. He has to get in crazy shape for it. He said he's having to put on a bunch of weight so he can get the muscle. It's a crazy thing to do. And, you know, oh, only yeah. Ryan yeah. Reynolds, only Ryan Reynolds could talk him into doing that. And I wish them nothing but success. But I mean, it's a big deal. I also love how their their dynamic, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, they they pretend that they hate each other, but they're really great friends. And it's really fun to watch on social media. That's the best kayfabe around. Like, they're the two wrestlers. They're BFFs, everybody. But I love the way they play. Yeah, it's super fun. Especially because, like, uh, there's there's so much. But I can I just say how excited I am? Like, regardless of the fact that this is actually going to be the first MCU Deadpool, and it may not feel as whatever the other ones were the fact that we're getting Hugh Jackman in the black and yellow costume for the first time in live action. Um, I will see that movie as many times as it takes. Like I am so excited, but see, I so feel excited. like Ryan Reynolds can be given the 15% movie done and do a lot with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like he knows what to do with this character. Yeah, I mean, we have the rumors, and we're just going to take a a quick segue from the DC stuff to talk about this. We have the rumors that Deadpool 3's main plot line is that at the end of Deadpool 2, when he took the uh, time machine device from Cable, he's now basically scattering the multiverse to try to change things. And because Logan died in his timeline, he's trying to go through the timeline to to not have Logan die. And (sighs) you have this idea that he's messing with time, and that's how the TVA... And like Owen Wilson and those characters get involved to try to stop him from messing with time. And it's going to be this weird buddy, buddy, bromance, I hate you kind of a thing. Because they basically say that Wolverine and uh, Deadpool are going to be like frenemies in this movie. Uh, are, well, the fact that Wolverine can stab yeah, the fact that Wolverine can literally stab him anytime he wants to is fabulous. Um, are they going to canonize? the Fox X-Men movies because we're going to see scenes of Wolverine recreating. Like, we're going to see from X2 where Wolverine's fighting the guards in the mansion and Deadpool shows up and like, hey, come with me! I gotta I gotta show Possibly. you something over here. Possibly. I mean, we know is that because of the TVA, because of Loki and the variant stuff that everything is canon now. So yeah, they could probably be like, everything's canon so that when Secret Wars comes along they're like, hey, by the way, everything was canon and then just bring all those actors back for one big orgy of a fight you think lee schreider will put on the uh the saber tooth outfit again the he was he was literally supposed to for logan but scheduling conflict prevented him so it's 100 possible okay i'm so happy to hear all of those things i'm so happy that they are bringing those things all along i'm so happy about that but back to the dc stuff um so ben's article comes out and then the same day a lot of people said that james was playing damage control because of the comments and so on but it was also kind of circumstantial. So the reality was a few days prior, uh, Tom King, I believe it was, uh, made the comic book uh, writer, made the announcement that James Gunn was directing Superman uh, Legacy. And James never debunked it. But then a couple of days later, he said, yeah, it's true. I am. And then he did this big kind of like internet speech about like why he's doing it. And Basically, that it turned out that the release date was also the date of his late father's birth. And it was all these things that were hitting really close to home. And essentially, he kind of described this movie as um, like what Man of Steel was, but probably more less muted, essentially. Because I think a lot of people, a lot of the big complaints that people had with Man of Steel was that Man of Steel made Superman in this dark and muted color scheme, which works for Batman, but Superman's supposed to be bright. And I think that. It's probably where this is going to change. We're kind of going to get this sure, but Taylor, Man of Steel vibed movie, but it's going to be bright. But can I? I never realized it until you said it right now. I guess that was the genius of Zack Snyder because if you introduce the world this way, then you get to have Batman, right? Like if it's already a dark, yeah. he set it up dark, and then oh, guess who shows up next? Batman. <laughs> I, yeah, but at the same time, like um, that was one of the, the fun things about like. The, the animated shows, right? Like right. Superman's universe is all are blue and, and bright and colorful. And then when you go over to Gotham, they're all like, ugh, what the hell is this place? Did like, the comic book artist re- leak this? Did, did he release this information too quickly, you think? Or no, they knew what was going on. I think what happened was he he put it out there because they he did it by accident. 
And then like a lot of the links that that interview were taken down. Like it was just like, no, 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 don't talk about it. And that's where it went. Sure. Um, so it's very interesting because like he put that out there and so on and so forth. Uh, and he's still also trying to juggle like his, his, his stuff with Marvel. He's still trying to promote Guardians of the Galaxy 3 at the same time. And then we had Lance Reddick pass away over the weekend and he was talking about that and people were like blowing up his, his messages and comments about the same thing. So there was a lot that was happening. Um, he did shine his praise for Shazam 2. I personally saw it over the weekend and I loved it to pieces, but apparently a lot of people aren't showing up for it, which sucks. Um, then there was also, because of Shazam 2, another big controversy that came out because uh, Harcourt was in one of the post-credit scenes and the internet basically was like, how dare you include your wife in another DC project? That's nepotism. Why are you doing this? And then he responded, the only DC movie I ever cast my wife in was The Suicide Squad. And that was actually before they were married. And I had nothing to do with the casting in, of any other movie. Anything else was shot a year ago while still in Volume 3. But I know some of you are deeply in need of reasons to hate. And he... And oh, then that is some dark stuff. And then even David Sandberg came out there and said, by the way, the movie was cut and locked in October of last year before Black Adam came out. Originally, that scene was supposed to include members of the JSA, but we put in Harcourt and um, the other guy. I keep forgetting his name. Yeah, that's um, OK. But they put those two in as a last minute like cameo because they needed a way to connect it to the other films. And we already know that the Suicide Squad is not going anywhere. Its yeah. numbers have always done well. James Gunn did it already. We, there's a video game supposedly supposed to be coming out about it. I'm um, dying because Rocksteady keeps delaying it. <laughs> so. Right, which it makes me super excited for the game, but in a different way. I think that video yeah. games need more time to cook. Um, yeah. It, wow. Uh, Taylor, I don't think they're ever going to like James Gunn. I don't, I don't think, think there's anything either. we can do to make people like him. And I don't think they are either. I think a lot of people have found their new villain and they're going to they're going to treat him as a villain. Um, but the reality is that during all of this, and everyone said this was James Gunn's worst PR weekend because of this, uh, Zach was tweeting and teasing uh, SnyderCon 2. It started off with him tweeting at like six in the morning, this, this video of like incoming transmission. And then it had like Ray, uh, Ray, uh, oh my God, I just forgot his name. Ray, what's Fisher? his last name? No, uh, the uh, Ray Porter. Ray Porter. There he is. And I was like, it's oh, not Ray man. Park. That's Darth Maul. There's another Ray. Ray Porter reprising his voice as Dark Side, saying, "Save the date," and gave three dates at the end of April. And for those of you who are aware of what Zach did when the Snyderverse campaign started, we immediately knew it was SnyderCon. It was. It was easy. It was like, oh, SnyderCon. That's what it is. But everyone and their mom on the internet said, Zach is teasing his return. Zach is doing something. Zach is doing something. Oh, my God. He's coming back. And then the next day, he tweeted a picture um, with Man of Steel, BVS, Zack Snyder's Just League, the, the, and Superman, and said, life is a cycle from, from death to rebirth. And so the hero's journey is a cycle as well, a continuous journey of growth and trans transformation, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. And he tweeted that, and people were like, oh, my God, something's happening. Oh, my God, something's happening. And then another image was tweeted on the third day, and it was, this time was another shot of Gal Gadot from the Crimean War image that she put in um, that he had talked about. And in this image, he put in the hero's journey. The journey of the hero is about leaving the familiar and entering the unknown. It's about encountering challenges and overcoming them. It's about returning to the world of the familiar, but now being transformed by the experience. And then the quote, uh, his caption was, the journey of the hero is about leaving the familiar and entering the unknown, full circle. And then he kept tweeting full circle, full circle on each one of those. And people were like, oh my God, he's coming back. It's full circle. He's coming back. He's coming back. And then last night on the Nerd Queen's uh, live stream, Zach appeared with a few other people from the AFSP and other members of the... Uh, Snyder fandom that helped generate almost a million dollars in donations for suicide prevention. And then during this time, they, they answered a lot of questions about what is actually happening. And he talked about how 
uh, coming this Friday, there's going to be a full, uh, the SnyderCon 2 tickets are going to be released, just like the last one. It'll be a three-day event. First day will be a screening of Man of Steel. Second day will be a screening of BVS. And both of those will be taking place at the Art Center. The third screening will actually be at uh, in the actual first official IMAX showing of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that's huge. And I tell, I tell people that's huge because that actually means Warner Brothers had to give him permission to distribute. Because previously, doing it at the Art Center means he didn't need to get permission because it's an accredited... Uh, site where you can film any you can stream any movie <coughs> sorry that's sneeze but the fact that they're doing this at the imax universal city walk in los angeles is a big deal because that means that warner brothers gave him the go-ahead and it means that he has an i he like made an imax version right like well, I mean, this the could... version was already an imax version okay 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 it just means that this will be the first time that anyone can watch this movie full IMAX format because the format of his movie is IMAX ready already. Wow. Which is fantastic. Um, so this three-day event, just like the last time, each day will be a screening of the movie, then preceded by a Q&A session. He's going to be having certain actors, cast, and crew members appearing in each one of these. It's already a given that Ray Porter is going to be there because he already helped with one of the teasers. Uh, um, Henry Cavill's showing up. That'd be fun. But he's, he's also not... filming the movie in the UK right now, so it's oh, very okay. Um but you have a lot of stuff that is – I'm, I'm willing to bet Ray Porter, Ray Fisher, and maybe uh, Jason Momoa might show up. Like, there's people like that. But um, we'll see what ends up happening. But And he's probably going to spill the beans. He's already said so much of what he wanted to do. Yeah. I'm sure he gives the rest of it away. But it's it, – I, I hope that this can be the memorial that it needs to be where everyone can enjoy these things. And I hope the IMAX gets a second life somewhere else. But like, yeah, he's not working on these movies anymore. He's got, and that was actually kind of something out. that was brought up. A lot of people on Twitter, a lot of fans were saying, Oh, Zach is liking posts on Vero saying, don't give up, don't give up. But then at the same time, Zach is also like liking posts like this one where uh, the, uh, a user actually, let me just see if I can share the screen because it'd be easier if I just show it to everybody. Um, there we go. Uh, so the the image says the journey of a hero is leaving the unknown. My interpretation is that it's over. Leaving the familiar, the Snyderverse, and entering the unknown are Zack's new projects. We've come full circle, and we should enjoy his trilogy transformed by our experiences. I don't want it to be over, but I think this is it. A celebration of this incredible journey. We are the heroes, and we are entering the unknown. And then after that, Zack actually liked that post as well. Yeah, so but, a lot of people... but also, but also, look at the gift that he posted. Right, it's 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 a comedian. Of course, it's just my opinion. I could be wrong. But you know what? You know Zach what changes? Right, of course he does. Because what changes all of this is obscene's amount of money. Yeah. And if this thing's ever going to happen again, it is going to need obscene amounts of money. Yeah. It ain't happening right now, but you never know. And it's very, it's a very weird system. I mean, we know that. And then the Zach explained that the full circle meant that they started their journey at the art center and now they're returning to the art center without saying we're ending at the art center. He essentially said that we're, we're starting, we're ending where we began. Right. We're coming full circle. The point of the Snyderverse, the point of the Snyder Cut, the point of releasing Zack Snyder's Just League was to give this man his catharsis and allow him to have his closure it's and a, to raise money to support the loss of his daughter. It's such a huge bookend to all of that. Yes. Y you know, when you watch all of it, when you watch his director's cut, when you watch his idea for these movies in their entirety... I think it is a very strong piece of work. And now seeing where it ended, I think that strength even holds up even more now. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, at the same time, you also have to like, kind of read the writing on the wall. Like I said, that to get this permission in IMAX, they had to get WB's permission. WB wouldn't allow him to – they wouldn't give him permission if he was going to encourage fans to boycott them more. He wouldn't and do that. And by WB, we also mean James Gunn, correct? Yeah, James Bond, the one who's probably. now making those decisions. Yes. And then with this, 
with this announcement, he also talked about how there's going to be new merchandise that's coming out to raise funds. So he had to get permission for like licensing and stuff like that to do this. Um, there's also going to be a brand new Zack Snyder's trilogy poster that has been commissioned and new and some new uh, gifts and uh, items that are actually made from, from Jim Lee. Like Jim Lee from Warner Brothers in DC is actually going to be helping some of this stuff, which is another huge thing. Yeah, and it speaks more to, you know, when you told me earlier on that the Superman writer from the comic book leaked the James Gunn thing, it's like, oh, James Gunn's talking to comic book people. And here again is another connection to the comic book world. And I'm glad that, you know, of all people, I'm glad Jim Lee's involved. I love his art. And the fact that he runs DC's publishing and now he's involved. This was also the same Jim Lee that a year ago said that the studio was not moving forward with anything Snyder. Right. And now he's involving himself with something Snyder. He wouldn't put himself in a scenario like that unless it was what it was. Well, and it's, so, it, it means a year ago this project wasn't there. It means this project happened probably pretty recently. Yeah. So the Snyder Con is going to be a fantastic event. The tickets go on sale this Friday. And if you are a Snyder fan and you live in the Pasadena area or L.A. area, Try to grab some tickets and go see it because Zach's going to be there. The Q&A is going to be there. And just like last time, after the Q&A is done, Zach does like actual like meet and greets with people. He stands behind a table, signs things. This would be the best time for you to give this guy a hug and take a picture with him because then he's going to go back into the realm of I'm making a thousand projects for Netflix, which was another thing he talked about last night was how big Rebel Moon is going to be. He talked about how Rebel Moon is not only coming out in December, that it's going to have uh, a sequel movie. It's going to have a expansive and massive RPG video game, which I have no idea who is developing this game, but I'm excited. Who's, who's making the video game? What do you I mean a huge RPG? Yeah. And, and I have so many questions about this because Netflix is known to be notoriously cheap. So either A, it could be like a mobile game or some weird 8-bit game, or they could be putting their money where their mouth is for a change and giving them something huge, which is still, okay, this is crazy. Um, But then he also talked about there's going to be an animated prequel and a comic book, a graphic novel that's going to tie in as well. That's just for this part one of Rebel Moon. And we have part two happening. He also acknowledged that the Army of the Dead universe is not done, and it's also going to get some more stuff to it as well. Zach has a full dance card. He does. Uh, when you were talking about all those different projects, it reminds me a lot of what James Gunn is doing at Warner Brothers, where he is offering actors a multitude of be this character, and here is a multitude of roles for you can do it over animation, over these things. Now, the comic book and stuff won't be those actors, but if the video game does have dialogue, I guarantee you it's going to be the people from the movie. They would yeah. not. They would not do it the other way, and I would be okay if they did like an eight-bit Super NES uh, two right? RPG of this. I'd be totally fine with that. I would be too. I I, I would love something crazy and big. As like long as no Zach, Sky or something, right? But like as long as Zack Snyder writes the video game, and then if it's that, he probably needs to write the dialogue. He probably needs to. It needs to be that. But if it's as but if it's something else, that's totally fine too. He also updated saying that his North his Norse mythology animated series, Twilight of the Gods, is also coming out too. He has so much on his plate. Like it's a, it's insane. And he wants to be doing these things. And I love to hear that he's so involved with animation. I'm super excited for that show. Yeah. It's super cool. I'm I kind of love it. Um Do you think he shows any of Rebel Moon at this SnyderCon? I do, 100%. You think the post-credit scene of Justice League is a seven, a five-minute scene, four minutes, a teaser trailer? I would be, I would be, I would be fine with even a 90-second teaser trailer of Rebel Moon because, like, give me 10 seconds more. Like, just show me something because the more we hear about this movie, the more that we hear that this is going to be this obscenely, like, essentially what Star Wars could have been if it was on HBO. Like that's what this show is essentially. It's like it's a dark sci-fi Star Wars-esque, Seven Samurai-esque, like Game of Thrones-ish 
kind of a show with aliens and monsters and these creepy little things called ghouls. And I'm, I'm super excited for it. hundred percent. I mean, people are so hungry for it. You know what I mean? Because I just, star Wars has floundered so much and there's very few of those space shows. I mean, I loved uh firefly, but you know, that never continued. You know what I mean? It got all that stuff. It got its movie. That was it. Yeah. I mean, it had, it's had its comic books that kind of wrapped up its own story and there was some really cool stuff that they should have done hundred percent in um any other form <laughs> but right mm. is there any is there any chance that we see that he shows like is there any deleted scenes that people have never seen is there any rumored stuff that like oh there was this thing but it's never seen the light of day so a lot of people are speculating that Zach is going to be showing the emerald cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League, where the Martian Manhunter is not there and it's the scene with the Green Lantern. The problem with that is that the footage is still owned by Warner Brothers, including every, everything about it. The only part of that footage that is actually in existence is that single frame shot of Wayne T. Carr as Green Lantern. They never actually completed the scene. He filmed the scene and then completed that individual shot to show the studio what he was doing. And the, shoot, the studio vetoed that scene. And that's why he redid this scene with Martian Manhunter. So for everyone saying that he completed it, he didn't. It's still okay. an incomplete scene. And unless the studio let him back into the editing chair sometime while he was filming Rebel Moon, then it's not done. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that they want the version he shows in IMAX to be as close as possible to what is on HBO Max, which you can sign up for today. Because that's at the at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, that's what isn't that the goal? I mean, that's why they're allowing this to happen. It's like, yeah, we want people to keep subscribing. Yeah, I mean, is what it is. I think what ends up happening is that Zach is too much of a nice guy to tell people that it's over. He's not going to be the person to take away hope. Sure, but he is going to tell people this was a beautiful journey. Thank you for allowing me to have this journey, and now join me on my next journey as I continue my passion project with Netflix. It doesn't outrightly say that he's done, but he's saying he's done. But isn't that the Hollywood, right. But isn't that also Hollywood mentality? It's like, can you ride a horse and speak Spanish? It's like, just tell them yes. And then you can learn how to do those things. Like just say whatever you can to get into the room. I was watching a very funny interview last night with Paul Rudd talking about how the uh, masseuse in 40 year old virgin did that. And they were like, she's not a real masseuse. (laughs) She's watching this guy. He doesn't know what she's doing. No, I yeah. Hundred percent. That's how Hollywood works. Just say yeah. yes. You get the part. Then when you when you're called on it, sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah, for sure. But it's a very interesting interesting thing because Zach's story looks like it is over, and that doesn't mean we can all lament and be upset and burn DC to the ground because Zach left on a high note. He gave the highest rated DC movie among users ever well do you think what shazam 2 is going do you think shazam's being burned by this you think that fallout is hitting it right now i do i do think shazam is being burned like this because there was a lot of uh tweeting over the weekend about how people were saying boycott shazam snyder should return and so on that was a thing but it's also not the primary issue the primary issue i've always said is general audiences not showing up and we know that with studios most of the time your marketing budget is based on the success of the previous film in that franchise. That's kind of the standard rule of thumb. We know that Shazam almost had zero marketing, which is weird. But we also know that the previous movie from New Line was Black Adam, and that movie was negative $50 million overall. So you can kind of argue, or you can kind of see the writing on the wall that so many things caused this movie to fail, but marketing was a huge factor. And it's possible that because Black Adam failed, this movie didn't have the money to market. Uh, Is there any chance that word of mouth with this movie will do what it did for the first movie? I hope so. But the movie's budget was also very small. So it doesn't need to make a lot to make its money back. So it could still come out on top, but we'll see. Uh, would you recommend it if someone were to say, I want to go see a new movie? Would you say go see Black? I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. The movie was made on $125 million, right? It's a, it was a cheap movie compared to comic book movies nowadays. And right now it's opening box office. Yeah, it sucked. Um, but right now it is 
Let me see where it's at. It's global start for the weekend is about 70 million. It's going to make, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to break even. It's going to break even. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see and, it having and, a lot of issues. It's going to break even. Yeah, it'll um, it'll make some money, but it won't be a billion dollars. You know, it'll probably double its budget or whatever. You know what I mean? But that. But the reality is that it had almost no marketing, so they saved some costs in the marketing. It did okay. It it made its money back, but with the post credit scenes, with the interconnective tissue of this movie, with the Gal Gadot cameo, with all that stuff, when people say that this movie is going to continue in the DCU. I don't see it being possible. And what I always kind of assumed was happening was that the DCU, the, the James Gunn versus people are calling it is a full reboot. And the, the projects that are successful would travel alongside in the Elseworlds tag. Okay. That's kind of how I always saw it was that if the flash is successful, we'll get more flash, but we're still getting a flash from the DCU. And I always assumed that was the case um, with Shazam being the way it is with, everything happening behind the scenes, I, I don't feel like there is enough to warrant that they're going to gamble more money on it, which sucks because I loved it. My wife and I, we, I took my wife and you've met her, you know her. She is very much not me and she's very much a girly girl who doesn't like nerdy right. stuff. Um, my son liked the first movie better solely because he said the first movie had more emotional weight, which I agreed. Sure. But my wife said this one was way better and she loved everything about it. Um, she says she wants to see it again. She said it's one that we have to buy. And she also liked Black Adam, but she's also vetoed me purchasing it because she's like, oh, we have it at home right? on HBO Max. But she's like, but we'll buy Shazam too because I love that one. Mm. So for a non-nerd to kind of give that kind of a glowing recommendation, I'm like, oh, fantastic. So I'm glad that you liked it too. Um, Do you think that – I don't think any of these movies that have just come out get – changes at all but do you think that shazam's a pretty big person in dc you think we see him in the next round you think we see him in gen 2 or gen 3 i could see him coming back um i would like to see him stick with zachary levi and just be like part of the multiverse saga that they had later on planned but at the same time you you could just introduce like a 10 year old billy batson instead of like a teenage yeah. billy batson and then like have the black adam billy batson shazam story be told as a a one-off movie and then like in the multiverse saga have one shazam and two shazam and then one black adam two black adam like have all of that like be this big thing sure that'd be a lot of fun have Mm. new superman henry cavill new black adam old black adam new shazam old shazam all fighting each other like that'd be fantastic i I think that'd be a, a way fun project um but uh the director even commented that um the decision to not have Black Adam be the sequel to Shazam was like leaving money on the table. And that kind of goes back to the behind the scenes nonsense that Dwayne Johnson tried to distance himself from the Shazam franchise because it was too kiddish. It was a mistake. They should have this what this should have been was Black Adam part one leads is the basically is a story that leads into Shazam two and Shazam two then finishes it because yeah. they left black Adam in a spot where it's like, well, look what we're going to do. That's never going to happen. He could have very well have Zach, Zachary Levi in that world. And there would have been a ton of emotional residents because we, now he know he's the dad. And we now know here's this kid who want has a father, but would like has those daddy issues. And that would have yeah. been a great movie. And they left money on the table. Honestly, I think you need to watch Shazam 2 because honestly, um, everything that you said about daddy issues, stuff, that's major plot points for Shazam 2. Like, of course it is. It is the emotional resonance of the character. It blows my mind that they don't see these things. That is also, what the character is. One thing that I also really loved about the comic book Shazam that they never did in the, in the, the movies was that they explained that Shazam's adult form is what Billy remembers his dad looks like. Oh, I loved so much that that was a comic book footnote that the adult form was his dad, and that's how he why he became that version. Um, so even though when he was an adult, Shazam still looked different because it was a different person. Um, I, I love that they never did it in the movies, and I thought it was kind of a missed, missed mark. It would have been really cool to see that, but well, it's a great I also way. would have loved to see the talking tiger and stuff like that. In the, well, again, the weirdness that- of Shazam. But see, but that's another thing. Like, you either get a fun tiger plushie toy or you get a bunch of outfits at Halloween. And they chose a bunch of outfits at Halloween. You can be any one yeah. of those kids. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. It's a bummer because I really loved so much what we got. Question though. Um, does the added so this is gonna make its budget back and maybe a little bit more. Does that little bit more money benefit Blue Beetle? Blue Beetle was made under the DC the DC Warner Brothers banner, so it's unrelated to New Line. So I think that um the marketing budgets for Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2 are 100 percent on the Flash. So I think that'll be fine. Because sure. speaking of the Flash, something fun happened that was announced that was kind of revealed over the weekend. Um, and, I, and I know that you will appreciate why this is important. A lot of people are questioning why this is a big deal. So the all the buzz around The Flash, uh, all about how like they're bringing it to CinemaCon, they're showing it off and all this stuff, got one person in Hollywood very curious about why this was a thing. And that one person was Tom Cruise. He thought it was very unusual that this movie was getting a lot of buzz. So he, he basically, from the story is that he got a meeting with David Zaslav. Of course he did. He's Tom Cruise. He can call he, anybody. Anybody will asked, talk to Tom Cruise. He asked for a copy of the film and they, they sent him, they mailed him a copy of the movie. He watched it at his home and then guess what happened? Guess what he thought about this movie? Best superhero movies ever seen in his entire life. One of the most. Quite literally that was what the quote was. He of course it was. Just, he doesn't he watch. Said, he doesn't watch movies. Okay. He does these crazy movies. So for a movie of that caliber to hold his attention for the entire time and for him to say he likes it, that's pretty good. So not only that, he basically said he, he loved the movie and said, this is everything you want in a movie. And by quote, this is the kind of movie we need right now. And this is the guy that Steven Spielberg said saved Hollywood with Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. That's why it's a big deal. It might be a footnote in a history book now, but Tom Cruise might have added a decade longer to movies. Like whatever, whenever theaters go away, and I'm not predicting that in my lifetime, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Tom Cruise probably added a decade longer onto that because he made a movie that people had to go see in that experience they had yeah, to go like, see top gun that by way tom cruise giving this kind of praise to the flash the flash will be another one of those movies that's that's that adds more life to the appending death of theaters well and it makes me and it, what it really tells me and this is like a like we, we 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 talk about dream projects all the time taylor who from the flash universe would you want tom cruise to play tom cruise can pick any character any I, character he wants, and it will be approved. They they wanted him to play an older Hal Jordan a long time ago, and Hal Jordan is essentially Maverick from Top Gun. So, give me the buddy cop movie with him as Hal Jordan. So great to see him be Green Lantern. He'd be so but, good. But even if he doesn't, right? So even if he doesn't do a damn thing, and that he's probably not going to, the fact that he loved this movie so much, he he cold called the director. He, he got his phone number and just called him and told him how much he loved it, right? That also means that if Tom sees the potential, he could show up as a producing arm in the future if he wanted to. Taylor, shut up. Don't he doesn't have me. to direct anything. Don't tease me like that. He doesn't have to direct anything, but if he has confidence in that project, especially after seeing The Flash and seeing what they're capable of, he would say, I want to be involved on a business level and make this happen especially if you do a green lantern movie where the first act of the movie is only in jets right yeah. and tom cruise goes oh yeah i'll show you the whole rig we used i'll tell you exactly how we did it to get the most amazing superhero shots in a cockpit you've ever seen in your life yeah and i mean we, we do know that tom cruise has his own baggage and old his own issues because we we know the story of what happened with the mummy and the moment he became attached to it that movie became pre-Tom Cruise and post-Tom Cruise. We know those I stories. Watch that trailer, the one that released with no sound, where he's like, ah, ah, ah. It makes me laugh so hard. If you don't know about it, you gotta go see it. They released a trailer by accident and they uploaded it without the right sound mixing. That movie was dead on arrival. That it movie, lo it, that, so many problems with that movie. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I could very well see Tom be just a, a producer and not get involved as directing and acting because 
his contract stipulations. If he acts in the movie, he has to be the main character. He has to not die, so forth. Like, it would be a lot of stuff. Especially for a character like Hal Jordan, who's notoriously known as turning to a villain and then getting redeemed later. Right. So it's it doesn't fit Tom Cruise's Tom Cruisiness. Well, I'll tell you but, this. It makes me it, it what a world of possibilities that have been opened if Tom Cruise, a very big entity in Hollywood who has never done who's never been interested in this world, is now like, oh, I, I see how that's valuable. I see what we could do with this thing. Oh no, I lost Taylor. I'm flying solo, everybody. I mean, I can just end the show if Taylor never comes back. Okay, everybody. Well, that's what we're going to do then. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Culture Nerd Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this. I hope this is still going live out on the air. Uh, That's been Taylor Murphy, your host. Chat room, hit me up right now if we're still live. That's the only way I'll know because I feel like I'm in a void right now. Tebe and Taylor is gone. It's Michael's show now, everybody. No, I'll end it right there. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. I am so sorry for our technical difficulties, but I'm so happy all of you got to hang out with us today. If you are just tuning in at this moment, we talked all about Ben Affleck at The Hollywood Reporter going from one to zero. Talked a little Deadpool 3. Talked about a brighter man of steel. SnyderCon 2 is happening. There'll be fun things about that. Shout out to the nerd queens for getting all the details on us. And then eventually all those flash things Taylor shared with us. I can't wait to see what the future holds. I was going to end the show, Taylor. I'm ending the show right now. I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, I did a recap of the episode, and then I was going to just end the episode. My Wi-Fi went down. Oh, no. (laughs) So I'm like, no. I had to, like, hook up to a hotspot. So. (laughs) Uh, Final, then closing thoughts, then. Is there anything we didn't hit on? But that last piece of information is a big doozy. It definitely was. Um, I think uh, before we do end it, I know a lot of people like the live shows because of the interaction. Does anyone have any questions, any comments, anything that you want me to throw up on the screen and talk about before we do end? Because we are getting close to our hour mark. Our hour is typically where we end it. So um, anybody got anything, throw it up now or forever hold your peace until next week. (laughs) Taylor, I shamed – I have something to show you, Taylor. Yes. Uh, On another podcast, I shamed one of our listeners for not sending me a notebook because David Miller got a Dragon Ball notebook. So they sent me a you uh, My Hero Academia notebook. So I am all caught up with My Hero Academia, and I love it. Um, this last this last run of the show has been fantastic. Taylor, they and, turned him into Spider-Man. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, okay. Yeah, they did. It was fantastic. Um, oh, so a lot of people want to know about John Wick 4. Um I don't want to give any spoilers away. Just see it this weekend. Just know that when I say that this is the last John Wick movie, I'm not kidding. They go out on the highest possible note of all time. So yes, I want it. Um, I want people to understand how great this movie is. And Donnie Yen versus John Wick. I mean, yes. Let's go see the movie. Donnie Yen is so good. Donnie Yen is such an amazing performer. Yeah, just go see this movie you're, and bring tissues because it's going to be an emotional roller coaster. Because this is the, this is, the the closing point for John's needing to get free from the table, and everything started with the death of his wife. So there's a lot of emotional weight in this movie too. Right, and that's what makes that first movie stand out so much. You know what I mean? And I do know that they want to recap some of that because I mean the performances have been so amazing. Yeah. Um, Bring tissues, enjoy the movie, and then stay off Twitter if you don't see it this weekend because spoilers are going to happen very quickly. I didn't even know it was supposed to be this weekend. I don't even know if I have time in my schedule to go see it this weekend. Yeah, so just be prepared to have all the spoilers happen. No, I'm not doing that, Taylor. Don't say say that. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Who would you personally cast as the new Batman? I would cast someone who's never been seen. I would cast an unknown. I think the best course of action that James Gunn could do is cast an unknown for all these characters because just like what happened with the Batman, the worst thing that happened with the Batman was, oh, the guy from Twilight's the new Batman? 
Ah, ah. Like, if you go into the movie with a preconceived notion of who that actor is and how they're going to play the role, it takes away from the role. Yeah, and if you're not following, like, the fact that if you thought that that was just the guy from Twilight, then you haven't seen The Lighthouse yet. You haven't seen Good Times yet. You haven't seen all of these great films where he gives phenomenal performances. I always tell people, like, oh, he's just the guy from Twilight. I'm like, go watch Good Times. And then you'll go see watch, not. Right. Go watch Lighthouse. Go watch him and uh, uh, what's his name be going crazy on the middle of a rock somewhere. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah. William Defoe. William Defoe. So good. Um, next question. What do you guys think of Ben's bat suit in the trailer? The artwork card of that comes from the McFarlane figure. It looks so for so the the card, the artwork card that comes from the figure is actually from the comic book tie-in. The suit that Ben is wearing in this movie is actually his motorcycle armor. So it's his normal suit from uh, the, the other movies, but it's got the the plates on it because, as we know from the movies, Ben is essentially just wearing like a suit, like over his body. So right. he needs armor if he's going 90 miles an hour down the street and that's what right. we have is that this this weird tactical looking suit for the movie is not a brand new suit it's quite literally just his motorcycle armor over his last suit that's very cool so I'm, I'm really happy about it and i'm also very happy that mcfarland toys is just dumping all their their stuff in it we have figures for every character for the movie and we're also getting a 60 dollars batman 89 batmobile which i'm 100 ordering we're getting Ben's Bat Cycle and a $250 scale Bat Batwing that fits these seven inch figures in it. Wow. I'm going to have to spend $500 in merchandise for this goddamn movie. <laughs> My wife's going to hate me. I'm just not going to tell her. I'm just going to, I'm going to do Your it. Your kids are going to hate you. They're not allowed to play with any of dad's cool toys. Yeah. Well, I mean, Owen already comes into my office and takes my toys anyways. So Yeah, I hear you. He is particularly fall in love with my Dragon Ball set, like my the glass dragon balls he plays with those around the house and he also took my dragon radar so he has all of that in hand it's so funny when you think about like dragon ball that th there's figures but like the actual props from the show are the best part he gets yeah. to go play dragon ball around the house yeah i got a scouter here too but he doesn't like wearing hats so he won't wear this sure yeah kids are weird with that you know what i mean they don't know where it is yeah he's like I'll take the Dragon Raider, I'll take the Dragon Balls, but the Scouter, not putting it on my head. Yeah, that's going to be a big hit in, like, two years. He's going to turn four, and he's going to love that thing. Yeah, and then Brian's got one, too. He's got, like, the green one, I think. So he's sure. got a few Scouters in the house. His power level's over 9,000. Over, yeah. Um, let's see what else uh, came up. Uh, even with the Geely and Jersey Girl Slander, Affleck, on Affleck 2, man, that happens to all these guys. 100%. Yeah, just talking about... Uh, Ben and all that. Um, let's see. Next one. My only beef with the patents in Batman is I hate the suit. It needs a better design. I think that in the next one, he's going to have a better suit because this was clearly his first outing. And I think he realized that he needs to up his game because he almost got taken out by a bunch of 4chan chat room guys with guns. Yeah, yep. he's gonna have a he's gonna have a real suit. They yeah. said they they said it was early on. He's gonna get that good suit, Fatal J. Don't you worry about it. Yeah. So people are saying, put on the scouter, put on the scouter. Well, I'm jealous because I don't have a scouter to put on. Go get one. I don't have one. Oh, man, those figures are really cool. I can't buy them. This is what I'm trying to convince myself because of my newborn twins. Uh, yeah, um, I've decided that because of the way uh, the McFarland toys tend to go in the stores is that I won't pre-order the baseline figures because um, I will be able to get them later on in some sort of a discount because that's what has, happens with all these figures. Um, however, I did already order the the maskless Michael Keaton Batman variant figure that I know is sold out already. So I did get that one. The rest I will uh, hold off on until I see some sort of less than $25 figure sale. Very cool. Um, All right, Taylor, one more question. One more question, somebody. One more question, then we'll uh, call it a night. But only one, so it better be good. Ah, in Portugal, it's different. Not really easy to get them. 100% agree there. Portugal would be a really tricky place. I got a friend who's in Australia who said that getting the figures, the figures turn out to be like $50 a piece because of the, the rates. Inflation rates and yeah. stuff like that. Exactly. That was a... Batman Part 2 to begin. Yes, Batman starts filming this November, which is exciting. Um, Penguin is currently filming right now. And luckily, James Gunn debunked the rumor that Pattinson cannot appear in that show, which kind of implies that he's going to appear in that show, which is fantastic. Oh, I'm so excited. That's all super great.
they like also those were they cast, all statements. They cast so many characters from the Long Halloween and Dark Victory for that show that I'm super excited. I'm like, yeah, we got, self, we got the the Falcone family, like all of the kids, the ones that were all the murderers from the comics. I'm ready for this. Mm, that's super exciting. Yeah, super exciting. All right. Well, if we don't have any more questions, we will wrap it up there. Uh, thank you all for joining us and making this a fun live stream. Uh, we will try Taylor, to do these more often. What other yeah. shows are coming out this week? Oh, wait. People are asking stuff. John Wick 4, excited. Oh, extremely excited. Go see it this weekend. You got to go see it. Uh, will Flash or Aquaman be the number one DC film in the box office? The Flash will. Flash will. Uh, Aquaman 2 is having a number, a uh, myriad of issues, and hopefully they, uh, they fix those before December. So hopefully that works out. Take us home. Take us home. So uh, because of this week and the change up, we have TCN Rundown that is actually going to be tomorrow. Hot and dog. the reason why it's going to be tomorrow is that Jay Stu has decided to make TCN Rundown a live short show. So his 10 to 15 minute episodes will now be live with everybody so he can interact with you, talk about the news, talk about his opinions with you all. So please join him tomorrow on that live show. Uh, later on this week, we've also got uh, Through the Monocle Gentlemen. Uh, they are covering one of my favorite mockumentaries of all time. Are you ready for this, Michael? They're going to be watching Popstar. Never stop, never stopping. It's so good. It's so ridiculous. Uh, they basically realize that uh, – so their their format is every month they have a theme. And because this month has an extra week, they were going to do one extra mockumentary. And I suggested you guys need to watch Popstar. And if you haven't seen it, watch it. They hadn't seen it. I sent them the Bin Laden music video. And <laughs> yeah, like, that's exactly okay. what's that's exactly what's playing in my head right now. And they're like, oh my God, yeah, let's watch this movie. So that was how that happened. Uh, the Cultured Gamer should be returning this week. Uh, last week it was missed because uh, Jason got sick. He and his, his kids all got this, this bug and he had to dip out for the week. So he should be returning with more video game coverage this week. And rounding out the week, we've got the Cultured Pull List. And they are going to be talking about Swamp Thing. That's going to be their cover topic this week. They're going to be, again, going over another book that James Gunn referenced in his announcement, and that is their focus this week is Swamp Thing. Last week was The Authority. Before that, they had Supergirl. They had All-Star Superman and the Batman the Black Glove. Now they're rounding out the James Gunn recommendations with Swamp Thing. So I don't, think people, I don't think people know enough about Swamp Thing. They should absolutely listen to that. I think there's way more Swamp Thing than you think there is. Yeah. Uh, people see Swamp Thing and they only think of either the 80s movie or the James Wan TV show. And the James Wan show was amazing, but there's so much more to Swamp Thing right. than either of those entities. So definitely check it out. Thank you all for joining us. If you want to help us keep the lights on and keep the show going, head over to our Patreon and help us support us. For those of you who do support us, thank you so much for being there with us. Um, I have been your host, my co-host, Michael Santel. Everything has been brought to you by the wonderful people behind the scenes, Jose Navarro. Thank you again for the brand new beautiful aesthetic for everything. And if you are sitting at home, scan that QR code, harass me on the socials. I am there. Thanks for listening to Michael's Corner. Only Michael's ideas. No Taylor's allowed, but Taylor came back, so we're glad to have you, Taylor. Hey, if you want, you can do a live musing all by yourself and just, like, annoy everyone with, like, unfiltered Michael without me as a buffer. That'd be fun. Oh, I think we'll t I'll tank the numbers faster than us talking about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, maybe. I think they might enjoy it. I think they'll get to know you a bit more. Maybe. Um, but one thing that I did want to bring up beforehand, and I, I talked – I wanted to talk about this briefly just because of how – how last night went on the nerd Queens stream where they, they brought on Zack Snyder and they brought on um, all the people from the AFSP. I think members of the Snyder cut um, release the Snyder cut campaign movement tend to forget that everything was started because of that, that loss that Zach went through the, the loss of his daughter to suicide and the goal to raise money for suicide prevention. Michael, you have known me, since we were about four or five years old, you've known me a long, long time. And you remember the time in high school, well, I did have plenty of crises with depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal uh, situations, all that stuff. You saw how dark it was that I even had to take a leave of absence from school just because it was so overwhelming. I think people tend to forget that behind all these platforms, behind all these, these internet and anonymity and usernames, we are still people. We do have feelings and, what Zach has done with suicide prevention, allowing the crisis hotline number to now just be a three-digit number like 911, that is why we fought for so long. 
The getting the Snyder Cut was helping a man get his closure, but his goal was to raise awareness. So if you can, take a moment, donate to the AFSP, donate to that movement, donate to that cause, because people like me and how I was when I was 17, going through my own crisis, stuff like that saved my life and stuff like that can save other people's lives. So please do not think for a second that you're an island and you can't help somebody because you can very quickly with doing donating to that cause. And on that note, thank you all for joining us. We will see you next week. And on the comments, tell me what you want to talk about. Tell me what you want us to cover. Because unless something breaking happens in the next five days, we will pick another topic like Lord of the Rings and we will talk about our passions. We're going to talk like so much D&D movie. You are going to talk so much D&D movie. I swear to God, if that movie doesn't start with a bunch of guys sitting in a circle trying to decide their characters for half an hour, it's a missed, <laughs> missed attempt. They're going to fight some goblins, I guarantee you, in the first 10 minutes. They have to. They definitely have to. But we will see you all next week. Thank you for joining us. Have a good night. Good night.